swimmers and welcome to another episode of Torpedo Swim Talk podcast. I'm your host Danielle Sperling and each week we chat to a swimmer from around the world about their swimming journey. The World Aquatics Championships will be held in Fukuoka later in the year and on today's podcast we speak to Masters Ambassador for those championships, Fukuoka native Ryosuke Imei. Rio was one of our, or is one of our first return guests on the podcast, last being on in 2021. So let's find out what Rio's been up to since then. Hi, Rio. Welcome back to the podcast. Yeah, it's nice to be back over here. Thank you very much for inviting Oh, you're welcome. You were my first return guest, actually, and you came on at the end of 2021, I think. So Right. Well, I made a history right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're making history yeah. on Torpedo Swim Talk. <laughs> <That's> fantastic. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. What have you been up to with your swimming since we last spoke? Well, like, I have been swimming and running and I'm coaching. Um, my... Uh, my relationship with swimming is mainly coaching at the moment. I've been coaching across Asia and I've been um, coaching in this like one year program powered by the uh, World Aquatics uh, Masters organi- uh, Organizing Committee. Sorry, like, you know, since they, they changed their, their name, I need to kind of get Yeah. But yeah, um, I've been like a teaching bunch of uh, like local swimmers, masters swimmers, so that like they're going to be ready for the word masters. And at the same time, I'm trying to like speak some English uh, in a lesson so that like, you know, they're going to be ready for you guys. <laughs> yeah, the swimmers are the best, you know what I mean? Yes. Are the, are the people that you're coaching, have they had much of a swimming, swimming background in masters or are they just completely new to masters? Well, I've been coaching like wide range of people. Some are like really experienced. Some, you know, some has like uh, uh, has like taken part in the uh, like previous world masters. But some are like even like not a swimmers. They would like to kind of like join swimming community. Yeah, and I noticed today that you were now. Well, I know that you've been this in this role for a little while, but it was announced that you are um, an ambassador for the World Aquatics Championships in Masters Swimming in Fukuoka. What will your role? What will you do in that role? Well, I have been playing playing a role for relaying the information that the uh, organizing committee uh, wants me to um, to send out. So yeah, it, it should be like some practical information. It starts off like with like practical information regarding the swim meets. Then we're gonna move on to like some uh, touristic information. So in a in a few months, like I'm gonna be like you know um, sending out quite a few information. So uh, stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that you've been flitting around Asia. I, you've been doing some coaching in Hong Kong as well. I think have you? Oh yes, I love Hong Kong. Yeah, yeah. And is that still training a group of master swimmers that will compete in Japan this year? Yes. They're really enthusiastic and uh, I love going to Hong Kong. I, I love like, you know, uh, meeting new and old like friends yeah, in a swimming community. And uh, it's just like going to keep expanding and I love it. And I have been like, you know, uh, dealing with a bunch of like you know, Taiwanese swimmers as well. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. 
So will you, you will you get many competitors from Taiwan and Hong Kong coming to Japan? Uh, that's how I feel it. So um, yeah, fingers crossed. Like there'll be like more swimmers from like uh, Hong Kong, Taiwan, those like you know, um, East Asian regions. Yeah. How many master swimmers have you got in Japan? Well, we've got about like you know fifty thousand plus, I think. Fifty thousand plus. Yes. Wow, that's it's a big that's, community. It's a big yes, big community. Yes. Yeah. So the cutoff for Fukuoka for competitors is for swimming is six thousand, I think, isn't it? So people are better getting pretty quick. Yes, and uh, this is going to be our first like world masses since COVID. So like, if you haven't registered yet. You should, like, uh, as soon as possible. Absolutely. I know the, I mean, the entries are open for a little while, but it will probably fill up pretty quickly. Yes. And tell us a little bit about the location of the open water race, because that's a little bit, is that out of the city or is it around the bay of Fukuoka? Okay, well, it's around the bay. Like, we have, like, this uh, beach area called Momochi, and uh, open water swimming is going to be held over there. It's a nice area, but the water is a bit like dirty, so you might want to be uh, uh, prepared for it. A little bit dirty, is it? <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, like, you know, the thing is, like, you know, Fukuoka has, like, this peninsula, so um, the water doesn't really flow once it goes in. Does it make sense? So, like, um, the water, it's not going to be, like, crystal clear, but yeah, it's going to be good enough to swim, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> What's the, what will the temperature of the water be at that time of the year? Um, I'd say like 20, 20 to 25. So it should be really good. Yeah. It might be even like too hot, you know, so like you might want to be prepared for it. Get, you know, like, uh, like hydrate yourself and uh, yeah, get yourself like, you know, ready for it. How is Fukuoka as a city getting ready to welcome so many people? Because you're going to have, what, 10,000 visitors all at once. Yes, so uh, Fukuoka is like an Asia's like a gateway city, and it's fast growing. So we have like more accommodations than uh, actually like three years ago. So uh, we're more ready to welcome you guys in a sense. So more accommodations. So do not worry. Um, unfortunately, the organizing committee decided not to provide uh, swimmers with like a free uh, run transportation. So uh, we might have to um, fix our own, like, um, you know, like a transportation to the venue. Right. So there won't be any um, provided buses between the venues? I mean, like, we were still negotiating, and there, there might be, like, some, but, like, mainly we're going to have to, like, take, like, a public transportation. We have to pay for it. Yep. And what's the public transportation system like? Well, like once you download the app, like a free, I mean, how do you say it? Those like, you know, um, electric money kind of thing. Uh, you don't really have to like, you know, um, have a cash or anything. So like, yeah, I highly recommend you guys to like download the, the e-cash thing, you know? Oh, right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll just be on your phone. And then does that, what's that app called? Uh, Suica. S-U-I-C-A, I think. Or Nimoka, uh, which is N I M O C A, I believe. Yeah. Yep. And does that have all the schedules on there? Well, it doesn't really have it. Like, it's just like an ECAS. So, like, you can use 
Oh, it's yeah. just an A card, right? But like you know, uh, Fukuoka's Grand uh, Grand Transportation is like you know really uh, advanced. So like yeah, you don't really have to wait. It just comes like in every like six minutes or so. But it's just that like you know, people don't really speak English, so you, you might want to uh, download some like you know, Japanese translation apps or whatever as well. Yeah, that's a that's a good uh, a good tip I think because I think yeah I'm sure that Japanese people are extraordinarily friendly and everyone coming may not speak Japanese so it, it is a really important thing to be able to communicate and thankfully we have that now at our fingertips on our phones. Mm, yes. And, uh, you know, we have two venues if we are swimmers. So we have uh, Marine Messe, the main venue, and Nish Nishi Civic Pool. We haven't really found out, like, uh, who is going to be swimming Nishi Civic Pool and who is going to be swimming the main venue. But if you are to be swimming in a Nishi uh, Civic Pool, the ground tr transportation is going to be a bit tricky. You're going to have to take subway to the closest station and organizing committees considering like you know, providing uh, a shuttle bus from there to the venue. But it, it, it's, it's quite far from the, uh, the part of like in you know, Fukuoka. So yeah, so like if you were to like a swim in that Nisi Civic Pool, give yourself like enough time to travel. And there'll, will there be other pools open for training beforehand or is it mainly just those two pools? Again, the conversation has been like still undergoing. So like uh, there are quite a few like in the public swimming pools yet. Like uh, I'm not sure like if they are going to be um, open for us, like, um, you know, like a world massive swimmers. Yeah, they might have like some lane higher and stuff, but um, we're not sure yet. There are like in the, um, private swimming pools, but like you are, you have to be the member. So you have to have the membership. So like, I'm not even sure like, you know, if you could actually like, you know, have the access to those. I mean, like I personally like in you know, the run a swim club down in Nakurume city. So like, yeah, uh, I'm thinking of like welcoming like you know, some of the, some of my, uh, my friends who are competing at the world masses. But yeah, like you, you might want to like contact like whoever like, you know, uh, and has the access to the pool so that like, you know, they could help you. And and once because a lot of people will will fly into Tokyo, what is the what what's the best way to get down to Fukuoka? Is it flying or is it fast train or what's the best way? Flying, flying would be the best, uh, the easiest as well. Uh, you fly into Tokyo or Osaka, and there are always like um, direct uh, direct flights uh, to Fukuoka. It, it's gonna be about like two hours. How how long is it on the fast train? Uh, five hours. Five hours. Yes. Yeah, so from, from Tokyo. Yes. It's a bit different. Yes. Mm -hmm. Does the fast train stop along the way, or is it just a a one journey? It does. It does. Uh, it's called Shinkansen, the bullet train. Uh, it stops like um, Nagoya, Kyoto, Osaka, Hiroshima, those places. So yeah, if you are like interested in like you know uh, stopping by and like you know, check out those cities, uh, it'll be kind of cool to like take bullet train but if you would like to get ready for the swim meet and just like a kind of like a stretch uh as soon as you get into uh japan uh i highly recommend you guys to like on a flight uh into japan i mean fly into fukuoka yeah maybe people can catch the bullet train after they've competed it's a good way to see japan right and if you have you ever heard of like a japan rail pass uh yes yep yeah, so if you if you actually purchase that, like you know, uh, you could actually like you know, um, 
take any sort of like a train uh, for that the period of time. So um, yeah, you 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 could actually like take like bullet train to um, the places you would like to go after the meet. So yeah, you might want to consider that. Yeah, as well. that's that's good advice. Back to your swimmers that you're coaching. How many sessions are you working with them each week? Um, it's actually like twice a month. So yeah, they basically like a train on their own. But like yeah, twice a month we just kind of gather and like do some uh, high quality training. Yeah, me and uh, yeah my colleague uh, Chiaki Ishibashi, who used to be uh, uh, a London Olympian. Yeah, we're the coaches, and uh, we're like a training swimmers really hard. Yeah, <laughs> well, look out, everyone else, hey. <laughs> <laughs> So you mentioned that you're spending a lot of time running at the moment. Are you managing to fit any swimming training in at all? Oh, yes. I, I try to swim like as much as I can. So uh, I've been swimming at least like uh, once a week. I'm not sure like if it's enough for uh, the world masses, but uh, yeah, um, I still enjoy swimming. But then, yeah, COVID actually like it changed the way of like uh, me approaching sports. So um I just, you know, took like a marathon as like a new challenge and I, I, I like it a lot. So um, I, uh, I'm i trying to like do both. You know what I mean? I like to like you know, call myself a swim. I mean, call myself a swimmer, but at the same time, I'd like to enjoy marathon. I just like to you know, finish my second marathon ever uh, a couple of weeks ago. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's fun. Have you, have you done the Tokyo marathon? Uh, no, like, uh, the tickets, like, you know, platinum, you, you have to be lucky, you know what I mean? Like you need to like win the lottery to like you know, run the marathon. Um, it's actually like you know, happening this weekend, but yeah, I'm going to be watching it. <laughs> on <TV>. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yes. And when, when you do hit the water, how yeah. far would you typically swim in a session? Well, I used to swim at least like a 3000 just to get back in shape. But now, like, I'm really busy, so, like, I, yeah, I, I just kind of keep it within, like, 2K range. Yeah, so 2K or less. And what would your session be made up of now with the 2K session? Uh, I wish I could just kind of, like, talk about specific stuff. And I know, like, my swimmers are listening, so, like, I need to kind of, like, you know, say I'm doing this and that. But I'm actually, like, just, just like, doing some freestyle, just a stretch. And a bit of breaststroke to remember what I, you know, who I was before. <laughs> <laughs> so, will will you enter some races for the world world championship? Oh yes, of course. I'm thinking of like an entering on uh, a fifty and a hundred meters breaststroke. Yeah, I might not be in a good shape, but I would like to enjoy it, and um, I I would like to uh, focus more on hosting you guys, welcoming you guys, uh, the, making sure that you guys are having a good time and, uh, you know, things like that. Obviously, getting around Fukuoka on public transport, is there any sort of places that you can recommend people, not hotels, but areas where they might find it easiest to be between the two pools? Because you said there's a little bit more hassle getting to Marine, no, not Marine Mess, the Civic Neshi Pool. I would say Tenjin. That's the heart of the city, and uh, it's the financial area. Uh, there will be like a bunch of hotels around that area, and uh, you have like easiest access to the uh, the venues, even 
in, uh, including the uh, the Momochi Beach, where the uh, open water swimming is going to be held. So, how far is Momochi Beach from Marine Mess? Marine Mess. Uh, if you drive, it'll be, be about like ten to fifteen minutes. But if you are to like take transportation, uh, I'd say like a twenty to half an hour, twenty minutes to half an hour. And uh, are taxis and Uber Uber drivers sort of prevalent in Fukuoka? Oh yeah, there'll be like a bunch of them, but uh, you have to be aware of the fact that we don't speak English as our first language. So you might want to have like uh, the card that says the address or the name of the, and they'll take you without like speaking. They might try to like you know, speak English with you guys, but uh, it might be an interesting uh, experience and you might be like a bit frustrated before you go racist. So yeah, make sure you do it after it, you know, after you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what's the general vibe in Fukuoka? Are people looking forward to hosting these world championships? Yeah. You know, like it's getting more and more um, viral thanks to the OCs, like an effort um, internally. I mean, like domestically uh, we have, you know, now that like we have more people like, you know, uh, interested in participating in the meet as like a volunteers and like you know, willing to help you guys. Yeah. So like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure like you know, by the time you get here on uh, Fukuoka's like a soil, uh, the atmosphere, the vibe is going to be great. It sounds really exciting. And I'm, I've been looking a little bit online as to places to go out and eat. It looks like there's beautiful food options available as well. Yes, and you have to remember that, like, we have the uh, tonkotsu ramen, the world famous tonkotsu ramen. You know, like a uh, pork broth. So it's the original. Uh, Fukuoka is the original pr uh, place for the, uh, the pork broth, and uh, yeah, a lot of like the ramens are like um, really famous over here. So like, yeah, you will enjoy it. And uh, for those like who are from like uh, Muslim countries, yeah, we do have like a harau ramen as well. Yeah, so everybody should be able to like enjoy the food that we we offer. Yeah, it sounds lovely. Really, really looking forward to it. And I uh, back to your what you're doing with your exercise. I know that last time we spoke, um, you spoke a little bit about your strength work. Are you still doing quite a few strength? programs each week dry land work each week yes i uh, i make sure that i hit the gym twice a week uh the workout routine has a uh, bit different than like you know, when we last spoke but i i'm mm -hmm. still like you know uh, focusing on uh my dry land training what what is sort of your top three uh exercises that you do in your dry land can you share those with us oh yeah like i love uh doing pull-ups series of like a pull uh, pull-ups so like we do pull-ups eight times uh chin-ups six times and uh hammer grip pull-ups uh four times and we we do it like twice or something like that yeah yeah well i'm still single so i have to like kind of like uh keep in shape, right <laughs> um I, I also do like you know um uh squats since i do um breaststroke my legs should be really strong. So like I, uh, I do Olympic lifting, but like a squat, squatting is like really important. Yes. And what about a third exercise? What else would you recommend? Okay. Well, I, uh, that kind of like relates to squat, but, um, after like doing that, like bubble squat, I do like an overhead squat as well. So that like, you know, we have got a uh, kinetic chain. 
Yeah. So in order for you to like, you know, translate your like, you know, strength into like a proportion in the water, you really have to work on your kinetic chain. So uh, I always make sure that I have like full body workout after like doing a bit of like an Olympic lifting. Yes. So you'd always do your strength work first and then, and then do cardio type stuff after that, do you? Yeah, cardio and uh, a bit of like, um, how do you say it? Like a full body training. So like functional, functional yeah. training. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Functional training. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's got different names around the world, isn't it? Hasn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, 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 um, a lot of informations are out, you know, information is out. So like, you know, uh, it's hard to like uh, name it, yeah. but yeah, I mean, like I'm, I, I'm trying to like, um, uh, aviate my body, like, you know, um, a little bit better. Yeah. Day by day. And do you ever do any sort of yoga or Pilates type or flexibility stretching, anything like that? Uh, I think I should do it, but I haven't studied yet. <laughs> <laughs> As a breaststroker, can you sit on the floor with your knees out and your feet out? I used to be. I'm not sure. I haven't really tried. Haven't tried. In a long time. <laughs> 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 but I hope I can do it. You know, I guess like I'm going to try it like after this show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen a, a thing that going around on YouTube where people sit like that, swimmers, with their um, mm -hmm. arms up in a streamline, and then they, without touching their hands on the ground, they push up to standing. I see. Well, that's impressive. I'm not sure if I can do it. Yeah. I see. Yeah. Can't. <laughs> Yeah, well, by the time like I, uh, I see you in person, I'm sure like I'll be able to do it. Oh, okay. I'm going to take practice. Yeah. <laughs> and the, with the swimmers that you're coaching, when you see them, what did you say, twice a month? How far do they go in a session that you're taking? So how far would they typically swim? Okay, well, I make sure like, you know, they swim uh, within 2,000 range because, again, like we have like a wide range of people. So some just started swimming. So like, you know, they're not going to be able to take like, uh, like a long distance set. Yeah, 2000 or less. But I make sure like, you know, it's, it's challenging enough for them. What, what's, a, what's a typical um, set that you would give them for their main set? Uh, there is no typical set because like I always like to change the theme and uh, the workout. So like, you know, uh, no practice is the same. But yeah, um, at the end of this, um, the, the session, I try to like, you know, have them do like a bit of like a sprinting work, say like um, 425s with like, uh, with like a long interval. So they can just like you know, kind of push themselves to the limit. Yeah, so um, things like that. And so that's at the end of the session. So I know you don't give them the same set, set every time. The last time you saw them, what was, what was the main set? Well, what was it? Oh, it was like you know, fifty meters, like uh, all out. Then you take like a four minutes rest and one twenty-five sprint. Yeah, so like you know, they um they need to get used to swimming in long coast, and uh, unfortunately, the Fukuoka is not going to have like any long coast meters pool um, until the world championships because it will be all closed for, for elites. So like, we're trying to like, uh, come up with the idea of like how they could like, uh, swim the, like some the long coast comfortably without swimming long, long coast meters. I hope it makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So like, I need to kind of like tire them up first, then 
they're gonna like kind of sprint again so that like their body is like kind of uh use the the, uh, the stimuli so if they do they do the 50 have four minutes rest do a 25 how many times would they do that through uh just once but then it's just a showcase of like uh a training so like they can actually like take those sets home and they do like maybe like do twice or three times when they were like you know ready and and so where do they travel in from all around or just just are they all residents in fukuoka um well um they are just from fukuoka but fukuoka is not small so like yeah some are actually like traveling for about an hour to get to the pool what's the population of fukuoka a million and a half yeah so it's and is it quite spread out yes it is sound it sounds like such a lovely place the pictures i've seen look spectacular and i suppose being right around the on the on the water on the bay makes it really nice to be around that area it's really modern and uh, compact so like it only takes about like you know, six minutes uh from the airport to uh to the hakata station which is the, like a main station and 10 minutes to Tenjin area, the heart of Tenjin, uh, heart of Fukuoka. So like once you get used to um, taking subways, you're going to have a great time. Everything is really close to each other. And how is the city dealing with sort of the rebound from COVID? Are people generally still wearing masks as they walk around? Uh, yes, um, wearing masks is still kind of, um, is I, I would call it like a mandatory. And even if, even though like the government is encouraging us to uh, take off our mask um, while walking outside, there's always like in this societal pressure. Like, you know, the, the Japanese people are like uh, good or bad, like really collective. So like, you know, we really have to kind of like, you know, um, kind of get, take time and get used to a new idea. So like once, uh the government says that we don't have to wear a mask give him give us like say a uh, three months then we, we're gonna start taking off the mask right <laughs> but it's okay because like it's only uh march right so like by the time you guys arrive we'll be all fine <laughs> but yeah um yeah since like a travel restriction is like no longer out here uh, there are a lot of uh international travelers i see like a bunch of them Mainly like in Korea, Hong Kong, and Taiwan, I think. Yes. But I, I do see quite a few people from the West as well. So yeah, um, we're like really happy to have you guys. Um, and it's gonna be an awesome uh, in the summer. Well, what are you personally looking forward to the most with the whole World Championships? Well, um, mainly the reunion, reunion. Because like swimming is a, a one big community and we consider ourselves family, right? So uh, I'm so looking forward to like seeing my family members uh, in person. That's it. Um, yeah, I used to like you know, focus more on like my own swimming, but like I've kind of like you know, decided to like dedicate my swimming experience and career uh, to the community. So yeah, it would be nice if I could actually like you know, help swimmers uh, to better, uh, for better experiences. Yeah, I think that's lovely, a lovely sentiment. 
I think you are you Thank are you. doing that with the people that you're coaching and then hopefully they're taking those ideas back to their own little masters clubs or squads that they're swimming with and yeah, yeah that'll certainly strengthen Japanese master swimming mm. well I, I would like to um be their help um I mean, like, I'd like to, like, make a contribution because, like, not many people actually, like, understand English over here. So, um, me being able to, like, understand English would be a, uh, would be a good help for them. So, like, yeah, I mean, Fukuoka is, is going to be great, and I'm going to make sure that, like, we're going to have a great time. But at the same time, World Masters and World Masters community is going to continue even after Fukuoka. So, like, I'd like to keep on going, and I'd like to keep on growing with you guys. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Yeah. What do you think about the change to the name World Aquatics from what it used to be, which was FINA? Uh, it's, gonna, uh, it's a bit like in a more difficult to pronounce from my perspective. Is it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, it's long. Well, that's great because, like, you know, it's World Aquatics. I mean, like, you know, everybody can understand it. You don't even have to be a swimmer to understand, like, you know, what we're doing. So, yes. yeah, I'm sure, like, the name is going to uh, suit. I mean, you know, like since like we grew we grew up with the name of Fina, uh, it takes a bit of like you no know, um, time to get used to. It. But yeah, once like it, yeah, give give it a time, then I'll be I'll be totally fine. And uh, I think I like the name. Yeah, I quite like the name. I I really didn't even know what Fina stood for. Federation <laughs> Federation International something something. Right, right. I mean, it sounded, it sounded kind of cool, but yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, word arcadics is like a more articulate, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. I know I was I was at the um, World Short Course Championships in Melbourne just before Christmas, and they that's when they announced that World Aquatics, well, that will be the new name. And I, I thought the, the speech that um, they made there was that it was going to be one, like one family, not so all of the aquatic disciplines in together so that it's sort of more inclusive, which is a nice way of moving forward. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, really good. I wish I was there uh, to, to hear that uh, announcement. Yeah, no, it was a it was such a great um, competition. I, um, I really enjoyed watching it. And the short course swimming by the elites was just superb, really, really amazing. And just being, um, I don't know whether you got it on TV in Japan, but it's Melbourne's my home city, and mm. you know it was it was very well received here in Australia. I mean, we're a huge swimming nation, so um, yeah. yeah, we really uh, they had huge crowds, so it was it was really great, great excitement on the pool deck. I wasn't lucky enough to like watch the meet, but I'm um, pretty sure like it was it was great. Yeah, they had lots of world records broken being short course, which was good, but a lot of interestingly, a lot of breaststroke disqualification. Yeah, and I think a lot of people were taken on the on the turn and putting in an extra dolphin kick before their breakout. I see. Well, um, I don't think swimmers are like doing it intentionally, but like it's about a time for us to kind of like work on our techniques so that like we could swim uh, within that like a rule. How do you stop people from taking? Because often that second dolphin kick in between is sort of like a natural body motion how do you get your swimmers to stop doing that in their training well like i don't really have a swimmer who does double dolphin kick so like i haven't really like dealt with it but um 
Yeah, it's gonna be really difficult. I mean, I'm gonna have to like take time and uh, think of like some drill to uh, to prevent that. Yeah, because like even the like world elites are like you know uh, getting disqualified. That means like that's how hard it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's very hard to keep your body still, but obviously some of the elites are maybe taking that streamline off the wall a little bit far, losing power. That's my sort of take on it. And then they're taking that extra movement. Well, I like to take a look at it uh, on a video and see uh, what I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it was the first time they actually had video um, referees looking at the video. So it would sometimes the race had finished and it would be a few minutes before it was ratified because they were looking back at the video and a lot of disqualifications from that. I see. Well, like sports is changing uh, thanks to technology and we need to get used to it. Yeah, it's, mo it's moving forward, that's for sure. Right. Well, like transparency is important. So uh, it's going to be a, like a much uh, fair, I mean, it's going to be a fair swim meet. Yeah, I think so too. <clears throat> that's good. I, I think, um, I don't know whether we did this on the last time you were on, but um, I now ask everyone a deep dive fast five questions. So okay. I have some interesting ones for you today okay i wondered if you could give us your favorite restaurant in fukuoka favorite restaurant uh depending on like you know what kind of food you like but uh i have quite a few ramen places and one is called hayakawa yeah that ramen place is awesome it was like you know just like you know introduced uh on japanese media as well but once you get here you need to go hayakawa ramen Okay, and is it um, just takeaway, or can you can you be seated and eat there? You can be seated, and you, yeah, you can eat out there, but make sure like uh, you get there early so that like you get seated. And that place is really popular, so like you know you might you might have to like queue, you have to queue up. So like yeah, I mean, if you don't have a swim meet, just like wake up a bit earlier than like usual. Go to that ramen place and uh, have ramen as the first thing. <laughs> <laughs> and if you were taking someone around Fukuoka, what would be your favorite place to take them to sightsee? What What's the top of the list? Okay. Um, I normally take my friends to uh, Dazaifu Shrine. It's a historical shrine and uh, it's huge and very, very beautiful. You see like a Japanese garden and, you know, like those... Uh, how do you say it? Tori? You, you know, like the red, like the gate thing uh, that like the Japanese Shinto uh, structures have. So yeah, that place is awesome. Yep. So that's number one. Yeah. It, yeah, that's number yep. one. Mm. And if you were telling one of your friends um, about your favorite day trip destination that they could get to and back in a day from Fukuoka, where would it be? Um... You could actually like you know drive to Kumamoto for a day, like a hot spring. So yeah, uh, if you have like a whole day, I highly recommend you guys to like you know, take uh, a train or like you know even rent a car to go to like Kumamoto or Kurume even. Uh, Kurume is like where uh, my uh, my swimming pool is, but um, yeah, for hot spring. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah that, that would be nice. Nice relaxation. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah, are they min mineral hot springs? Yes, and good food. Oh, okay, also good. And when you actually do get to the pool to do some training, what's your favourite breaststroke drill? I like doing uh, 
one kick, one pull, and one kick glide. Yeah, it used to be like two kicks and one pull, but I, I, t- I try to like break it down. It's like one kick, one full breaststroke, and one kick. And how does that help you with your stroke? Um, that will keep my like hip position like you know, quite high. I actually learned that from like uh, from one of the YouTube's or something. I think James Gibson, the coach James Gibson, was like you know uh, giving his swimmers, and I, I I tried it and I liked it. So yeah. And I know you're not doing as much swimming as you used to, but when you did a little bit more swimming, what was your favorite um, training set that you used to give yourself? Okay, well, uh, I don't know if I would, uh, if I if I should call it like my favorite, but I uh, I usually uh, do like eight 100s on 120, that's freestyle. And eight 100s IM on 130. And eight 100s on 140 breaststroke. Yeah, it's, it's really difficult actually, but like, you know, I feel like I've done something after that. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. I like those kind of sets myself. Yeah. Did you take a, do you, do you take a rest break between each eight or is it straight through? Um, take a, a minute break in between. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, like I, I, I wish like I could spend more time in the water, but then um, I usually swim between uh, work. So it's really important that like, and I get out of the water as quickly as I can. So like those sets would be like, you know, really uh, good because you get the like yardage or like mileage, whatever. Uh, yeah, like you can get out of the pool within like an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's a quick, yeah, a quick set back to yes. back. Yes, you know, we are masters. We have to, yeah, yeah. have to like and work, so. That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rio, thank you so much for joining us back on the podcast today. It's been really lovely touching base with you and I can't wait to um, see you in Fukuoka later in the year. Yeah, thank you very much for having me again. And I hope like, you know, uh, you guys got like, some out of my, my talk. And I'm looking forward to welcoming you guys in Fukuoka. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of people looking you up. All righty. I'm looking forward to it. Okay. okay. All right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Rio and that it's whet your appetite for heading to Japan in August this year. If you haven't had a chance to check out our new and revamped training page on our website, give it a look. We've got a number of training sessions, sets and drills from all of our guests and it's being updated all the time. You can find all their favorite workouts under the performance tag at www.torpedoswimtalk.com. Till next time, happy swimming and bye for now.